0: Well, I I do like lanes. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, sunny, sunny, beautiful, sunshiny day for the first time this week in Knoxville, Tennessee time. NBA draft full of Tennessee volunteers time. I'll be darn time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the GoVols 24 7 podcast. West Rucker, Grant Ramey coming to you from Fort Rucker Sunroom Studio. Still. Still. Not the actual studio. Still working on that. Another story for another day, but it's a frustrating one. You know, it's not frustrating, Grant was the uh, NBA draft for Tennessee. We got plenty to discuss on that front. A Uh, historic. Historic. NBA draft for Tennessee. Three Tennessee volunteers selected in the 2019 NBA draft, and we will have plenty more on that later in the podcast. But first, before we get started, I should have mentioned this earlier, the reason Patrick Brown's not with us this week is because um, we fired him. Just kidding. He is uh, on vacation does not want to disclose his location until he gets back. I'll give you one hint. Tropical. Blount County? Not tropical Blount County. Okay. Tropical other county. Do you think that would trigger the uh, Ron Swanson effect and, and Patrick or, and Pat where he would say, you even said too much already?
1: All you need to know is he's somewhere celebrating Ja Morant being drafted by the Memphis Grizzlies. His that, Memphis Grizzlies. That
0: he is. That he is. That was... Uh, I guess he gets to watch him now. My brother who lives in Memphis gets to watch him now, more now. This is uh, really, really exciting times for the city of Memphis. They've got some some really young, exciting athletic building blocks there in that franchise. I know the grit-grind era was a special one for people in that city. It was special to a lot of us in this state, but uh, times move on. Guys get older, you know, got to rebuild, got to retool, and uh, it looks like they're going to be able to do that. They and got somehow some guys
1: Somehow the climate in Knoxville... It's just an exciting. Basketball climate that is.
0: Yes, it is. And and we got plenty to discuss on the NBA draft front here in just a bit. Before that, we wanted to get started with a quick another update on uh Mr. the 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 most impressive, I think we've agreed on this, the most impressive or the top guy on the transfer market this year, Kerry Blackshear Jr., the big man from Virginia Tech, who after a coaching change and some shakeup there and Blacksburg has decided he wants to play elsewhere for his final season of college basketball. He decided to pull his name out of the NBA draft, where I guess he could have been a potentially second round pick. And he is now uh, back on the market. And it looks like, Grant, there's a pretty interesting update there that, you know, people thought at the beginning of this, Tennessee's in the mix, but how much is Tennessee really in the mix here? Because Maybe you're just accustomed to this over a long line of of Tennessee basketball coming up, you know, bridesmaid on some big guys and getting in the hunt but never quite getting it done at the end. And uh, that might end up being the case here too. But right now, it kind of sounds like there's room to be, if not optimistic, at least cautiously optimistic about this. Yeah,
1: hopeful. Uh, I don't know. It's hopeful higher on the list than optimistic or we don't know words but this thing just keeps it just keeps going the the life of this thing just kind of keeps getting extended uh it kind of came out of nowhere when when somebody reported that tennessee was still trying uh that got confirmed it kind of it kind of felt like a surprise when tennessee got a visit uh or it was reported that tennessee's going to give a visit that got confirmed uh he did the the tennessee visit with his parents uh, didn't commit, obviously always on important. campus. Always that important. is always important. He went to Kentucky, I believe, without his parents, uh, and it was like a less than a twenty four hour official visit before Cal was uh, on a jet to uh, Brooklyn for the the NBA draft. Uh, and now the update from Evan Daniels on Thursday was that uh, uh, sources were telling him that a decision could come as. Uh, is kind of expected at this point by, by at least Sunday, if not sooner than that, and we're sitting here on Friday recording this, so that's obviously not a very big window. Um, and the, the thing is, Florida's out, apparently. A, a Florida player on social media said uh, Kerry Blackshear's not going to Florida. Uh, that makes you think it's a Tennessee-Kentucky race if, if he ends up going to Texas A&M for a visit this weekend, obviously. Uh, The Aggies joined that race in a pretty big way with his former coach, Buzz Williams, there now uh, trying to get him uh, on campus. But still, this thing, the way I translate that update from Evan, Tennessee has a legit shot at this guy. It's not just Tennessee's mentioned, Tennessee's in the conversation, it wasn't just a courtesy visit. They, they have a legit shot.
0: And plus, you, you mentioned the fact that, that Buzz Williams, his former coach, is, is now the coach at Texas A&M, and that is a, a big feather in the Aggies cap. Uh, and if he gets there, then, you know, all bets are off. We'll see what happens. Uh, he does have familiarity there, or as most Tennessee football coaches seem to say, familiarity. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to me like it's not just the fact that his former coach is there. I'll say this about Texas A&M. As much as any other place I've ever been around in college sports – and you know we get to go. We're, we're blessed. We get to go to a lot of hashtag blessed. We get to go to a, a bunch of places around the country to watch basketball, watch uh, football, uh, even baseball in some cases. We, we we've been we've been really lucky guys. And when you put all of that together, you get um, you get a pretty good view of you know kind of Americana college sports. And as much as any place I've been around, Grant Texas A and M is a place that you either get. Or you don't, and there is no in between. Uh, I, I don't want to. I mean, I've heard people use jokes like it's a cult and all that with the with the yell lead yell leaders and all that stuff. I'm not going to go that far, uh, probably because my um, my uh, wife's um, half brother went to Texas a and so I'm not going to. Uh, I got some family reasons. Uh, got a got a, fa- a father in law who lives in uh, uh, in Sugar Land down there in Houston. I, I don't know if I want to be uh, ragging on the Aggies too much, but I, I, I will say that. Uh, it is a fascinating place, and you when you go there, you're either like, "Oh man, I'm all on board with this," or "Get me the hell out of here." There's there's really no in between there. So with Blackshear, we'll see if he goes on that trip, um, if he gets that place, or if he doesn't. Because and this is, I don't think it's a disrespect to say uh, that's how people feel about a And M. You, you you know because people think that, that that you know the other UT Texas is like the team that's polarizing down there. No, um, it, it it's it's A&M. People either love or hate A&M, and there's no in-between. So that'll be interesting to me.
1: Yeah, and, and what we'll talk about you know, in the next segment with all the, the Tennessee draft stuff Thursday night, obviously you're selling Grant Williams to Kerry Blackshear, like we talked about on the last pod, mm-hmm. that you can be Grant Williams 2.0. They have pretty similar stats. Uh, Kerry's obviously a bigger body, taller. Uh, he has NBA future in front of him. Uh, you can sell him that you took a three-star kid that was ranked 191 in his class that nobody really wanted that yeah. was headed to the Ivy League, uh, a nerd, a dork, yes. uh, a very athletic, oversized dork, and you turned him into the number 22 overall pick, and he's about to sign a $5 million contract for the next two years.
0: Which uh, means we're related, I think, technically. Right. He's That's my right. cousin now.
1: That's right. you gotta, you got to get in on that. Uh, so, uh, And I think Grant Williams was part of uh, the sales pitch himself personally involved when Kerry Blackshear was on campus to try to get him uh, in the boat. Uh, He was selling Tennessee uh, on behalf of Tennessee to Kerry Blackshear. Uh, I think that's a big deal. It's all going to be about what this kid wants to do. He can win at Tennessee uh, because he changes that roster. It's it's a really good backcourt. He can win at Kentucky because it's Kentucky. They're going to win a lot of games. they got elite talent every single year. Uh, I think you could look at Reed Travis and wonder kind of what he was before Kentucky and what he was after Kentucky in terms of draft prospects. Obviously he went undrafted Thursday night. He'll, can, he'll be in a summer league somewhere. You can look at A&M, not a, not a ton down there right now. It's it's obviously uh, buzz just got down there a few months ago, Whatever whenever it was early in the rebuilding process. Uh, so it's going to take some time there. But if I'm him, I'm looking where I can maximize my impact in production. Uh, I think that gives a leg up to Tennessee and a and m because the talent level in the front court is obviously not what it is at Kentucky. Uh, but it's just a matter of what he's looking for. Uh, where does he find exactly what he's looking for?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if I've actually written this as a full column yet, but I know I've mentioned it before but but my opinion on this, and I legitimately Tennessee fans don't always love this. If I think it might be better for a guy to not go to Tennessee like T. Higgins. Uh, because he maybe could have got away from some influences here and gone gone a few hours away, and I think that was a good thing for him. So I'll say if I don't think Tennessee's necessarily maybe the best fit for a guy. Uh, I, I've been on record before as mentioning that. Um, but but I but I do think that with Blackshear, the more that I think about this, I don't know that there's a bad decision he can make uh, w- with his group of, of finalists there or so-called finalists, even though he, he doesn't really do interviews. But when I think about this, I think about it like this. If it's Tennessee or Kentucky, either one's a good decision. Kentucky, the hang-up there is that you don't know exactly how much you're going to play because uh, there's more proven talent there. You know that, That's more of a cutthroat, one-and-done kind of deal there. And I don't mean that in a bad way because, hey, they're playing by the rules and they're winning um, and they're getting guys in every year. So that is a potentially, you could say, a more secure route to being on the NBA radar um, even more so because you're a guy who you're gonna have a billion scouts at every game you play you know you're gonna play in, in an environment on the road and at home where you're really you know you're getting prepared for that next level, um, you know interviews after games and stuff like that's they kind of pre- prepare you for the NBA there. Uh, Cali Perry and this is maybe the most Cal Perry thing ever you know other programs call graduation day, you know when they actually go graduate from college right. Cal Perry and the most cow thing ever, calls the NBA draft graduation night uh, because that's the graduation night for his program. And every year they send a bajillion guys there. They did Thursday night as well. And so that is, you know, it's weird for a guy to ever go to Kentucky and you say he made a bad decision because normally they're going to get something out of you there. Um, But the more I think about this, here's the thing that I think separates Tennessee here. Tennessee, while right now on paper, is probably not as good as Kentucky because you've got some proven guys in the backcourt there. You know, you've got some talent, some young guys coming through. You've obviously got a really good coach who's had Cal's number since he's been at Tennessee. Um, you know, they're going to be okay regardless. Tennessee's not going to fall off the map without Kerry Blackshear. Right. But if Kerry Blackshear goes there, and if he goes there, two things happen. One, he's almost guaranteed to start and play as many minutes as he can stand per game. Because you're developing young guys behind him, um, he is gives you some leadership kind of qualities there in the front court to go along with Fulkerson there, who's got some experience. Um, y- you know, you've got that kind of deal there. And with Derek Walker gone, he was a guy who communicated really well. Everybody in the program knew him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knew how to play the game of basketball. He, you know, will, will be missed in that area. And so Blackshear is the guy who takes Tennessee from. Okay, decent team, maybe a top 25 team. You've got that great backcourt. You're going to be a tough out for anybody. You got a tough arena. You're probably a tournament team, yada, yada. To if you get Black Shear, okay, now you're contending again. Because I don't care what anybody says, I've seen plenty of teams win plenty of games and compete for championships with backcourts much, much worse. Than Lamonte Turner, Jordan Bowden, and Josiah Jordan James and Jalen Johnson. I've seen teams win with worse backcourts than that, win at a high level. But if you throw in a guy like Blackshear into the front court, all of a sudden, you might not be exactly what you were last year, but you're really good again. And I think that's the message Tennessee can give Blackshear. And if he if he kind of falls into that family vibe that Tennessee's program gives, I totally see why. Tennessee might be emerging in this because when you start putting everything together, I think Tennessee might be the best choice he's got.
1: Yeah, I mean, the obvious stuff, you already touched on it. He can name the number of touches he wants. He can name the number of minutes he wants to play. Offensive go through him. They're going to give that to him. Uh, Or they're going to say it's there for you to take it. They're not going to give anybody anything, but they're going to say it's there if you want to take it. Uh, I think another aspect of this is Garrett Meadenwald, the strength coach. Uh, I mean, you look at the before and after stuff that's been talked about the last couple seasons with Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield and the whole fat camp thing and, you know, all that storyline. DJ line. Burns now. DJ Burns. I mean, y- you look at where these guys were physically, even Jordan Bone. I mean, you look at this kid as a freshman coming in. He was a baby. And now he, he looks like a grown man. Yes, Uh that dude can change bodies. I don't know how much he's going to change you in a year. Uh, I don't know how much you develop physically or change physically. I don't know how much you develop your game. Schofield changed a lot in a year, but he was
0: also year. 18 at the time.
1: Right, that's true. Uh, but they have a ton to sell. And, and Tennessee was tweeting about Garrett. The, the Tennessee basketball account was tweeting about Garrett I Meanwhile, well, I mean, that's a subsuite straight to carry. Yes, it you, is. Want, you want this kid to see it because... Uh, there were people talking about on his visit that he was impressed with G uh, and meeting him and and kind of getting to know him and knowing kind of the track record with him and, and what's there. Uh, so Tennessee has as much to sell as anybody. Uh, Kentucky's Kentucky. It's going to be the spotlight. Yes, uh,
0: you're the you're the. It's never a bad choice.
1: Right. That's the 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 light shines the brightest on Kentucky throughout the SEC season. They're on you know TV the most. That's where your profile is going to probably be the biggest. But in terms of production, on-court stuff, kind of how much you can change a team. I mean, like you mentioned, Tennessee's probably a fringe top 25 team without him uh, and should be an NCAA tournament team, though not anywhere near where they've been seeded the last couple years without Kerry Blackshear. But if you add him to the mix, you're a second weekend team again uh, trying to get uh, past the Sweet 16 and, and kind of keep building that way. So in terms of what they have to sell, uh, we look at it obviously from Tennessee's point of view because we cover that team every day. They have sure. a, they have a ton, a ton, a ton to sell.
0: Yeah, and, and I think a couple things there before we move on. One, I, I think that, um, and don't don't forget this with Tennessee too. I don't want to be butchering this statistic, but last night I think I heard when when uh, the kid from Texas got taken there in the first uh, there in the lottery. Surprisingly, that that since the start, you know, basically the past two decades. Uh, only two schools have had more like lottery picks than Texas, and that's Kentucky and Duke. And with with all due respect to Shaka Smart, who's had a couple in the years he's been there, um, most of that's Rick Barnes. Right. So this is a guy who can develop guys. He's also a guy who can get guys to the league. Uh, he's got quite a number of impressive specimens still in the league right now. Uh, not as many as Cal, but, but more than most uh, that he got right now. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I, I think that is... That is really good for Tennessee. Um, That's something that's going to help Tennessee. And and the second thing I was going to say is, you know, if Tennessee had really thought about this, and normally they're pretty smart about things like this, but what about, like, if they were going to really subtweet Blackshear during the visit, what about, like, a Fred (laughs) McGriff-style, like, promo for grad transfer strength training? Like, Hmm. yeah, you bring in, like, you you put, like, a really – funny hat on somebody way on
1: top of somebody's head.
0: Yeah. Get 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 like Kevin Durant or somebody to do it. Like put on a really funny hat and you're the like, Tom Amanskey of the yeah, weight room. And be like Garrett Maidenwald is the guy who gets results. Back to back to back. AAU champs. AAU champs. This is the instructional video and strength coach. Throwing dumbbells into a that trash will can get you results. Yes, with the perfect two bounce two perfect two bounces and into the trash can. Unbelievable. Hall of fame, Hall of Fame commercial there. By the way, did you see the other day Fred McGriff was on um, yeah, he looks younger now than he did. in the Tom Amansky commercial. Like, I'll put it this way: Sammy Sosa is a different color from he used to be, but I think Fred McGriff actually looks more different than Sammy Sosa does. Different. He play. <laughs> he looks young, man. Yeah. Like, Unpl- unplanned segue to baseball. Did y'all talk baseball the other day? Yeah, we did. Talked about the uh, Ryan Callahan and I did. We uh, actually, I think, the way we worked this out this week, we really don't like doing two pods on the same day. Um, but I think we might have to do it that way for this one because that's just maybe how it's going to work out. So, um, but yeah, we did talk about Vitello and the Rays, And you got anything you want to add on that? Because I mean that's that is,
1: good job by Tennessee getting it done.
0: And do you think? That, here, here's where a good question for you because Ryan and I talked about this too. Uh, did you do you think that what happened with Vitello is if not a direct result, at least loosely? a result of what happened with Brick Barnes and the miscommunication there and letting that thing get Uh, too far. I would think so
1: because Philip Fulmer's a new AD, and it's you have to learn from those things. You don't know what you don't know uh, in your job until you've kind of been through it. And and obviously Phil's not a seasoned AD. He didn't really – the way he got that job, it was just kind of – it wasn't exactly planned. It just kind of happened, uh, and he's got to learn. And and they took care of that business quickly, and and now it's – with this version of Rick Barnes, uh, it seems like it's a different Rick Barnes too because they are aggressively, aggressively recruiting uh, like they haven't kind of in the past where they're full on scholarships, but they still got Blackshear here and uh, they're still in the mix for him. And, and we
0: still have no update on that,
1: and, on what uh, yeah, they would do. Yeah, and it's 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 crazy. It's, it's where we are now versus where it was a couple months ago is wild.
0: Wonder if any of the kids on the team are independently wealthy, and they could go as to become a walk on or something. I I don't
1: don't know. Even if you are independently wealthy, that's a lot of money you got to pay out of your pocket. It's true. I mean, just because I got a lot of money, if I had a lot of money, I wish doesn't mean I want to be parting with that money.
0: Yeah, and I'll be honest here, um, full candor. My wife works in uh, the Tennessee admissions department. She's a a director over there, and um, of their communication for the enrollment management. I don't know. She's got this big office, and it's ridiculous. But she is. She, I, because of her job, like I, I read a lot of stats and things like that, and there's always brochures and pamphlets and stuff laying around. And and Tennessee's out-of-state tuition, by the way, um, I think maybe only Vandy in the SEC has a higher out-of-state tuition um, the, than Tennessee, which is fascinating, which I would not have expected. But uh, yeah, certainly, uh, you know, no matter who it is or what it is, maybe somebody wants to go somewhere, maybe somebody goes on a medical or something like that. I mean, I don't, I don't really know, but. Um, you know, the guys that you would think about, um, you know, who, who would be a guy who maybe would be like, I want to kind of maybe leave. I mean, you know, you look at a guy like you could throw out there a guy like Kent, but he's apparently had a, at least a pretty good start to the off season. And he's a big body that they would need maybe less so if Blackshear's there, but still uh, a young guy that, that, that they still offensively has a ton of skill. Uh, then you say Jalen Johnson and, and that, why would he leave at this point? He's been. You know, he's waited his turn, and now he's got his chance to go out there and play, and he's so offensively gifted that you know he wouldn't make sense. I mean, Fulkerson's be, been beat up, so maybe he would be a medical candidate if you thought about it, but he seems to be healthier now than he has been. And and so I, I don't know. When you go down the list, I mean, there's just not a lot of guys that you go, that's an easy decision, are there?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's the next thing. If, if Tennessee pulled this thing off and, and Blackshear picked them uh, after – the staff gets done celebrating and you know tennessee fans celebrating all that stuff the next question becomes what's the plan in motion here and surely uh sitting here today as a finalist they have a plan in mind in place that it's just going to be set in motion once it happens uh and you hope whoever leaves i don't know you just hope it doesn't get ugly
0: you hope they have a good landing spot because with Rick normally player relations, I mean he's pretty upfront with those kids. Right,
1: they they are they are honest to a fault uh, in that program, which has hurt them in recruiting before. I think. Right, I, I agree with that too. Um, but you hope sitting here June whatever today is twenty first that there's a landing spot in line for whoever's out if somebody has to be out, uh, and that it doesn't happen in a bad way or a bad light, because it's this is not the time of year that you do this.
0: Yeah, and and you know, last thing before we go to break here, is that you you think about it, this might only interest us and other people on the media and not anyone else, but on an interesting level, don't tell me you disagree with this, Grant, because I know you you don't like agreeing with me, but I know you're going to agree on this. If Blackshear goes to Kentucky or or A&M and doesn't go to Tennessee, and Tennessee stays at the maximum of allotment of scholarships— we're going to be at least poking around a little bit out of curiosity for a while now to, to say, okay, at some point you're going to tell me who was going to be the person on the way out, right? At some point you're going to tell me, aren't you? Yeah, and I think Tennessee will be very sensitive to that. and Because we still, with Admiral Schofield, when he got suspended his freshman year for a game or two, for a week or so, however long it was, for that trip in, in Maui or whatever happened... Um, Never heard a word about never, that? Never never heard. I mean, Schofield went on to become one of the greatest off-field ambassadors and on-field, on-court ambassadors Tennessee's had in any sport in a couple decades, yeah. and and we still don't know. And it might have been something as dumb as mouthing off in practice. Right. If Blackshear or post-game
1: or whatever uh, in that tournament setting, if Blackshear picks somewhere else, yeah, that's, that's something that – you're going to wonder, but it's going to be really hard to find an answer to because they're not going to want to admit to anything uh, in terms of being processed, quote unquote.
0: Yeah, I need to, I've need. i got the greenhouse here. I need to grow like a truth serum. <laughs> and I'll get that answer out of them. Uh, Grant, before we move on to talk about the draft, uh, still a couple of questions for you. Do you like products still?
1: I love products.
0: Do you enjoy services?
1: I couldn't enjoy services anymore, really. Do you enjoy the occasional in-house ad? Love in-house ads.
0: Do you uh, own a Lexus? Because last week, uh, Lexus was one of the sponsors of this podcast.
1: I don't own a Lexus, but I own multiple things that I've used promo codes from ads on podcasts to buy.
0: There you go. I'm the target audience right here. Just like that. So uh, if you're like that, I have got great news for you and everyone else. Hashtag ad.
2: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
0: Wonderful break. Did you get a stretch in? I loved it. Grant actually ran a 5k during that commercial pulled break. Pulled a hamstring. It was drink. unbelievable. He pulled did a a,
1: co- pulled a hamstring during that break somehow.
0: What I need is I need him, I need Muscles McGee over here to help me dig uh can you be a human auger to get some um to get some post dug for some boxes that I'm gonna build in the backyard? No, uh, that's
1: not my contract.
0: I've got four planter boxes. I need two more and then I'll have the six that I need um to to do things. You're gonna get you're gonna get a mosquito repellent kit out of it. So I'll think about it. You can just call my people. They'll call your people. (laughs) Go from there. Call my friends. Call your friends. Maybe we'll be friends. Call Grant Williams. He's got money. Rest in peace, Biggie Smalls. Uh, Speaking of of big things, Grant, uh, Tennessee basketball, NBA draft last night. For the first time, for the first time since the NBA draft went down to two rounds. And and even then, uh, if the draft had been two rounds throughout the entire way, and historically, last night would have been the first time the Tennessee basketball volunteers, the men's division, had three NBA draft picks. And I know people did not want to say goodbye to Grant Williams a year soon. I know people did not want to say bye a year too soon to Jordan Bone. I know people never wanted Admiral Schofield to leave this program ever under any circumstances because he's their guy. But um, and we talked about this maybe before, maybe a little bit bittersweet, but still big, big. Just a big, big night for Tennessee, and, and and a night where, I mean, maybe it'll get bigger in a couple of years, but but this is one of the things that started it being big again, was th- this group of guys here, right. big, big night for them.
1: This was the foundation class, quote-unquote, 2016, at least yeah. two members of that foundation class in Bone and Grant Williams, uh, admirals in the 2015 class, but... Uh, Just the story behind all these guys, the three stars, the low rankings. Uh, I don't think a lot of Tennessee fans were crazy in love with these guys when they got signed at Tennessee because they were so low-rated. Grant Williams was an undersized, kind of chubby post. You wondered how he would uh, make a living down low in the SEC, and he was absolutely uh, just a generational talent. Admiral Schofield goes from what he was, uh, kind of an undersized post, kind of tweener to a moves to the wing changes his game uh, Jordan Bone going from what he was as a freshman uh, to how his sophomore season ended to completely overhauling his game and, and being really uh, kind of obsessed with with becoming a much better basketball player after that Loyola loss uh, just all the stories I mean this is it's crazy Tennessee's had 10 draft picks in total since 1989 uh, and they had three last night. They added three to that list, uh, in one night. That's that's a pretty incredible accomplishment. It's a huge, it's a huge commercial advertisement for what Rick yes. Barnes has done at Tennessee, and and you know this wasn't six or seven years into his Tennessee tenure. This was year four uh, after he became the third coach in three years when he got hired here. So it's an incredible testimony to their uh, player development and and kind of what you could do uh, with players, what they've done with these guys at Tennessee. And I was worried about Grant. He seemed to be kind of slipping down the yes, mock drafts. Yes, yes, that was, the, uh, that
0: was the, the the rumor there. There was a lot of
1: talk about maybe Utah or Brooklyn had promised him something late in the first round, and then Utah traded out of that number 23 spot to Memphis, and Memphis needed a shooter. When that happened, I got kind of concerned about where Grant would go. When Nick Claxton got the final green room invite, I was kind of concerned. That might have been bad news for Grant Williams, but... Because uh, Cla-
0: Claxton's a classic NBA prospect right. in that he is so raw still, but my God, if he puts the whole thing he looks together, like a, what a talent. He
1: looks like a creative player on a video game, and even yes. when you're playing with the player, you're like, nobody actually looks like this yes. and moves like this. Uh, and then there there goes Grant Williams at 22 uh, at a slot that projected values like almost $4.9 million. Uh, it's an incredible uh, – Kind of testimony for what he's done over his the last three years, how good he's been, uh, and now he kind of goes to Boston, and, and he's going to be Boston. probably Al Forf- uh, Al Horford's replacement. And in
0: hindsight, we should have thought about that, shouldn't we? As soon as Al Horford right. said he wasn't coming back, that might have made Grant Williams a, a point forward a little bit, can play through him. I'm and it,
1: it's a it's a changing kind of Boston the way that's playing out free agency. Uh, Kyrie Irving. Gone. He's not coming back to Boston. Al Horford, gone. He's not coming back. They're losing those two guys in free agency. And then you add Grant Williams. Uh, later in the draft, you add Carson Edwards. Uh, they added Romeo Langford at number 14. Uh, so it's a, it's a changing kind of of the guard in Boston. As As much as everything was changing at Tennessee when Grant Williams got involved, now he's kind of starting over in terms of helping a franchise change. Uh, changed the face of the franchise and it's it's a it's definitely a new era for Boston. And and it was really cool that he said his grandfather was a Celtics fan and he was he was really caught up on the history of the Celtics and he was kinda talking to media Thursday night reporters in Boston about the three different eras of Celtic basketball, yeah. title winning basketball and he's going to the most decorated franchise in, in NBA history. Did he put
0: one of those red R box cigars in his mouth right there during the during the... probably yeah. he
1: had to put his uh settlers of catan down for a minute and yeah. all that stuff yeah that
0: was uh now he can get a settlers of, of catan cat uh kit made out of anything that he wants basically he's like i want a settlers of catan video like board game that's the size of like a, a, an olympic swimming pool can you make that happen now uh, and with when you have a five million dollar contract uh not to mention whatever someone like nike or adidas or puma or you know new balance or whoever pays him on top of that being a first round pick in a big market uh, that that's 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 big time and and I, I think in hindsight when what we should have thought about if we were smart which we're not what would have been as soon as Al Horford got traded, all of a sudden that probably should have made all of us go say, okay, now the Celtics' needs in the draft are completely different. Because let, 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 let's remember this. The Celtics, on the balance of things overall, the Celtics had a no-good, terrible, very bad week. Uh, you had uh, you know the whole thing with, with Irvings going on. Uh, you got Horford and then one of their other players saying they don't want to come there probably now uh, or don't want to stay. And, and Al Horford turned down thirty million dollars, thirty right. million dollars um, for for a for a salary. Just boom, just, just, just to not be there, and that made me go, hmm. Because you know the NBA has that incentive package where if you stay with an, an organization, you can make more money. A shout out to the to the smaller market teams there. Uh, not the Boston is one of those, but you know what I mean. And, and so he could have. Uh, he'll take less money to go play somewhere else. Um, and that team has gone from like Eastern Conference contender to. What's going on there? In like a week, they had a really really rough week. Um, but as soon as Al Horford said he wasn't coming back, that should have we should have looked at it and said, you know what? A versatile, maybe even undersized power forward who's got some different skills. You can play some offense through him. Uh, he can do a lot of different things. A guy who can put the ball in the bucket and get you points. Um, that a guy who can go get some rebounds. That that that's a guy that Boston needs now. And so. Grant Williams fit that bill, and he went earlier than a lot of us expected. Um, I thought he would stay in the first round. I really did. I just kept thinking the whole time, you know what? These teams, at the end of the day, this is a lot of money, and if they're going to give a guaranteed contract to somebody, you know what you see with Grant Williams on tape. You know what kind of kid he is, too. You know how smart he is. You know how great he would be, as a you know if, if not a face of the franchise guy in terms of a star power. A face of the franchise in the community, a guy who the fans will love because of the way he plays, uh, a guy who opponents will hate because of the way he flops. You know, just a guy who can really, you know, a guy who's done big things in really big moments. You know, which in Boston, you got some bright lights on you, uh, a lot of pressure there, a lot of can be a real vicious media market. You need a guy who can withstand that, and and Grant Williams is a guy who who can do those things. But I just thought because of of where who he was as a person and what he had done in college, I thought somebody would take him. I didn't know if it would be, you know, the Jazz. I didn't know if it would be the Nets. I didn't know if it would be uh, potentially even the Warriors uh, as a guy who, you know, he's not Draymond, but a guy who can, he's kind of has a game that the sum's better than the parts, right. like Draymond Green is, and a winner. Just a guy who would fit great in that culture over there. Uh, a guy who's, you know, very, you know, kind of conscientious too, so he would have been really good in that that Bay Area market. I I knew that there were options. I knew Milwaukee liked him. Um, I I knew – I didn't know, but I had a pretty good feeling he would stay in the first round. But to go to 22 overall, should have seen it coming because of Horford, but didn't see it coming. And I'll be honest with you, if you saw it last night, Grant, if you saw some of the the Twitter reply threads from Celtics fans to the pick, uh, if you saw their replies to like Woj and Shams and all those other guys, um, there were a lot of people who did not love this pick. And maybe that's just because it's Boston, and they're rough on guys, and they wanted bull, bowl, bowl and you know they wanted the name they knew. Um, and, and you're thinking, what a six, six and a half power forward? Like, what's right. what's going on here? Um, but I'll tell you this: this kid, Grant Williams, was dismissed in high school. He was dismissed on the AAU circuit, even by Jay Billis, who is a really smart basketball guy. Keep saying I'm shocked at how good he is. I'm I'm happy for him. I love the kid, but I'm I'm shocked. He's been honest about that. Uh, At the college level, he was dismissed until about the toward the end of his freshman season when people went wait 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 a minute this kid's good, and then his sophomore year wait a minute this kid's a star. He's been dismissed at every level basically, and I think he's going to do it again. I think he's going to be dismissed. I don't know if he's ever going to be a star, but he's going to stay in that league for a while if he's healthy. And he's going to be a guy who's in a rotation for a good team in the playoffs. And he's going to be a guy who's going to extend his his jump shot because he has that ability. Uh, he's going to be able to play offense, you know, run offense through him because Brad Stevens, one of the best basketball minds anywhere, says that Grant Williams, you can run offense through him. So Brad Stevens knows what the heck he's talking about. He's a really brilliant basketball coach. And, and so I just thought that he would stay where he was um, – or he would stay in the first round, but i when you look at where he is now, I think it's a good situation for him. Uh, I think that that if he gets off to a slow start in his career being in Boston, that's the kind of thing that could cripple a guy. Mm-hmm. I think Grant Williams has so much confidence in himself and so much kind of uh I don't want to say um I don't want to say he's, you know, obtuse or I don't want to say he is um arrogant or you know, naive. He, he just he, he, you know, or, or blase. But he just has a confidence in himself. Well, I don't think he's going to be rattled because he knows no, th- that he can come back from that.
1: Because he's been dismissed before, like all the the, the times you mentioned. And grants a grants a guy that um, try not to say this in a mean way. He's annoyingly successful. Yes, like he just like the nicest dude on the earth. Uh, I really enjoyed being around that kid, but he's just good at everything. Plays
0: play seven instruments yeah. to the
1: point where it kind of bothers you. Like you shouldn't be so good at all this stuff. Like he, yeah, like he. You mentioned he's a plays a bunch of instruments. He graduated in three years at UT while being an all American
0: from a really tough program. Right. That my brother, who is a smart kid, took five years to get out
1: yeah, of. Yeah, it was a it was a no joke program. One one time he had to take eighteen hours in a semester, which is a huge course mm-hmm. load. For anybody, yeah, regardless, uh, student athlete or not, um, you know, he did the musical theater stuff in high school. He plays settlers of Catan. He's like the world dance, most athletic dork or the dorkiest athlete ever. I mean, he can just the, the stuff he's successful at, uh, kind of bothers you. Picks up languages quickly, right? And and he, you know, everybody loves a kid. But regardless, that that what what I'm what I'm getting to here. You don't have to be a star in that league to make a living. Yes. Uh, He's going to be a really good ambassador for whatever program or whatever team he ends up. If he's a long-term Celtic, if he moves on after that, whatever. If he's just a bench guy that gives you good minutes, solid minutes. He's obviously got a good basketball IQ. Uh, He's going to be a really good locker room guy. I mean, the kid's going to have a ton of success. And then when his basketball's over, he's going to have a ton more success because that's – I mean, somebody tweeted last night that he was going to be successful. You can – take out basketball and make it into anything because he's he's good at whatever he wants to do.
0: I think the best breakdown that I've heard of Grant Williams, and this is something that I've always thought but not been able to say it as eloquently as this person said it, uh, Gary Parrish, uh, a good friend of the pod, uh, fellow Tennessee guy. He, he's out there in Memphis. I think technically lives in the Mississippi burbs, but he's a, he, he's a Memphian. He's, he's a Tennessean. And he, last night on CBS Sports HQ, which did a great job of breaking down all the draft picks, uh, they did a great job on their coverage there. Uh, Avery Johnson was on there, um, you know. Obviously, um, obviously they had they had a, they had a good panel. They, they were, I mean, a lot of people watching ESPN because that's who had the coverage of the draft itself. But a lot of people watching NBA Network. But also, just the guys at CBS Sports HQ did a great job. And if you've never been there, that's free, twenty four seven. Just go right to CBS Sports HQ. Google it. Go search for it. Get the app. Uh, you can watch good, just pure sports coverage all day long. No talking heads, nonsense, no anything else, just sports highlights and sports discussion. And it's a really good, really good, low-profile show. Um, And Gary Parrish was on there. And one of the other analysts said, like, point blank, he said what a lot of people said about Grant Williams. What is he great at? Name one thing that he's just great at. And Gary Parrish said, I'll give you one thing. Playing basketball. He's really great at playing basketball. And... That is that 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 is exactly the truth. You can say, is he he's a good leaper, but is he an elite leaper? No, um, you know he, he's surprisingly quick, but is he super super quick for like when you when you watch Draymond run down the court at six seven six eight? He you know Draymond Green's foot speed is the most underrated part of his game. He just unbelievably motors down the court. And Grant Williams is quick, but is he that fast? No, um, he can he can go out there and step out and shoot, but is he a great Elite knockdown shooter, no. Um, He's a good rebounder, but is he like a great rebounder consistently? No, he's not. Uh, He sees the floor really well. Uh, He handles the ball really well, but does he do either exactly like a point guard? No. You just sit there and break down his game, and you go, I don't know what he's great at. But then you look at Gary Parish says, screw that. He's great at playing basketball. And that, to me, is the reason why he will be successful. He will find a role. He's a smart enough kid to figure out what he can and can't do in that league. He'll make some mistakes early on, and then I think he'll figure it out. And He's, I think he'll be in that league for a long right. time. He's really
1: good at finding a way to succeed. He's really good at finding a way to score a bucket when somebody needs a bucket or get a block when somebody needs a block. I mean, just kind of intangibles gets thrown around a lot. I think he has a lot of uh, just kind of winning intangibles.
0: Yeah, the difference between him and a guy like, um, uh, a guy like Jarnell Stokes. Who I I still talk to Jarnell. You know, seems like about once a month at least, even when he's overseas. Like I, I know Jarnell pretty well. I've known the kids since he was sixteen, and I'm not saying anything here that I have not said and would not say to his face. If Jarnell Stokes would embrace the kind of player he is and not the kind of player he wants to be, he'd be in that league for a long time. He would stick on he would stick on a roster. He would be an energy guy. He would be. Uh, a guy who goes out there and gets rebounds because he is an absolutely elite-level rebounder, if he would go out there and be the – he doesn't want to be a garbage man, but if he'd go be a garbage man, he'd get NBA money. And he wouldn't be doing things just where he's playing in China, killing things in the China Basketball League you know, finals, and you're going, man, that guy should be in the league. Uh, and he would be if I think he would just be the kind of player that he is. And I know he's shooting the three-ball better now. I get that. But, man, if he would just embrace who he is – I think he would have never left the league in the first place. And I think that's the reason why guys like Josh Richardson stick in the league. That's the reason why guys like Tobias Harris stick in the league, even though Tobias is a star, full-fledged. Jordan fledged. McCray. You know, that, and, and Jordan McCray is another example because he's in the middle because he just, when he, he has to realize that sometimes his attitude rubs people the wrong way. And he's got to do a couple things differently, but when he does, he just scores on every level that he's been at. I think Grant Williams will figure out pretty quickly what he can and can't do, and I think when Brad Stevens tells him this is what you can and can't do, he'll buy it and he'll he'll play along, even if he doesn't agree with it. He'll play along and he'll figure out how to succeed in that league, and I think that is why I think he'll have success. And I think a lot of people in Boston are going to be like a lot of people at Tennessee were when Tennessee took this kid. Who is this kid, and why? Or why? Why? What's the interest here? What is it? Well. Just wait. I think you're going to get a good player there. Uh, moving on, talking about a couple other professional
1: guys. segue. What about Jordan McRae's
0: new teammate? That's a great segue. If uh, they're on the roster to start the NBA season next year, yeah, that's true. But if they're both still there. Uh, yeah, but um, and, and again, shout out to my Beltway boys. Uh, I, I think everyone knows who listens to this podcast every week. Uh, you know, my wife's you know, from there, and I, I just you know spend a lot of time in that city. I love DC. I love the Beltway. There's there's really good athletes there. Um, a lot of good places to be. It like, seems like a just a nerve center of power kind of in the country. It's a really fun fun place to be. And uh, that's where Admiral Schofield uh, ends up. He wasn't technically selected by the Washington Wizards, um, but he was unofficially selected by the Washington Wizards because it was an agreed trade. And uh, he's going to go to Washington to join Jordan McRae with the Wizards. And this is a spot that, you know, that's an interesting team because – you know Bradley Beal has emerged and become an infinitely better NBA player than I ever thought he would be. I thought he'd be good. He's been great 25 points a game. Uh, I don't know if he'd score that many like on the Warriors or anything, but he, he's a really, really good player, an all-star you know, player. And then if John Wall's healthy, uh, you got one of the best, most exciting players in the game. Um, but they kind of needed some more help there on the wing, kind of a combo forward type, a little bit to, to, to mix in there. And I'm telling you, that that's a... That's a pretty good landing spot for for Admiral Schofield. I, I have to study the roster more to know exactly because I'm familiar with them, but not you know intimately. I would say, but when you look at sort of just that the vibe of that organization, if they get a guy like Schofield, a max effort guy, a, a guy who gives you energy, juice in the building, uh, people in D.C. and people in Baltimore and people in that area, they really respect people who put their head down and work. Right. And that is a guy I think that they're going to quickly be pretty happy with the, with that guy. I don't know still remains to be seen what kind of NBA career he will have. Um but I think it's a pretty good landing spot for him.
1: Yeah, I do too. And and I was kind of worried about him too as the second round was kind of continuing and I don't think he slid anywhere, but I was w- kind of wondering where he would uh pop up and number 42 was uh kind of right where he was kind of in all the mock draft conversations. He probably averaged uh, in that range, kind of mid-second round, so, uh, it, yeah, it's a good landing spot for him, he's another kid like Grant Williams, it's, it's easy to like, uh, he's he's gonna, you know, he's got a lot of stuff about him that, that kind of makes you respect his story, and kind of where he came from, uh, he's another guy that, I mean, he was discovered by Donnie Tyndall in an AAU gym, and Donnie didn't want anybody to know about him, because he felt like he had discovered this kid, and if, if it word got out, then something would happen, and and even getting to Tennessee, I mean, Admiral uh, scheduled his visits in order of least amount of interest first, and Tennessee was first, and West yeah. Virginia was going to be last. He wanted to go to West Virginia and play for Bob Huggins. Uh, and he came on the Tennessee visit, and he saw all he needed to see, and he committed, and he shut it down. Uh, and he signed with Tennessee when Tyndall was still there. And then he uh, he stuck around through uh, through the transition and, and with Rick Barnes, and, and there was some bumpy stuff that – Uh, Wes talked about earlier in the podcast he was suspended for whatever reason in Maui uh, during his I guess that was his sophomore season yeah Uh, he he didn't really do a ton until uh, the SEC uh, schedule started his sophomore season he had a double-double at Florida and that was kind of like his coming out party because he had been kind of missing that whole first half of the season so he goes from all that kind of adversity and and nobody really knowing who he was or what he could do to move into the wing, changing his body, changing his game, and turn himself into a uh, a draft pick that's going to make some money and and uh, should have an NBA career uh, based on what he's going to do. He'll, he'll have to add a lot to his game, and he'll have to keep getting better and uh, become kind of – he does kind of a lot of things good, but he doesn't do a ton of things great. Uh, he'll have to keep getting better, but the amount he's changed his game from the time he was some kid that Donnie Tyndall was discovering to – who he is now is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've said this about about Schofield because of his size. Um, there are, and he's you know he really wants to play more on the wing than a combo. He want you know at the very least he wants to be a combo forward. And I think in this kind of modern positionless NBA, he's a guy who has a chance to have more success now than he would have maybe a decade ago. Um, because the NBA is getting more and more positionless when you think about it, and he's a guy who can do a lot of things. But there are two things that Admiral Schofield absolutely positively has to do better. He doesn't have to be elite um, as a ball handler, but he's got to be better as a ball handler. He's got to be more secure with the ball. Uh, He's a guy who can make good decisions with the ball, but he can also make really bad decisions with the ball. Uh, And he's really good in transition, uh, but sometimes in the half court, uh, he's a really good shot creator for himself he's a really good shot maker he's a he's a walking bucket because of how hard he's worked in that area uh, but he's got to be more secure with the ball uh, he, he's got to be you know when, when he gets his hands on rebounds and passes and things he's you know he, he's got that butterfinger sometimes he's got to get rid of that because in the NBA you do that that's just two points the other way every time you do that because every team can run down the floor and and create three on two or three on one or four on two and score and so he's got to be able to to, to do that he's got to fix that. Um, I would say the other thing that he's got to do better is he's got to play defense better. And, and I don't know that he's got to be elite there, but he's got to be really good there. And because he's a guy who, at his size, with his athleticism, there's really no excuse to not be a really good defender. And when you're talking about all the ball screens and switches in the NBA and the pick and rolls and everything like that, and the, you, you got to be able to defend a lot of different t- body types. Uh, especially at his position. So he has got to do that better. I think those are the two things. Is there anything else that that you see? Uh,
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. You kind of touched on everything that that he needs to do a little bit better, and I think that's the feedback that he got. Uh, Obviously, he didn't go through this process for the first time after his senior year. He did this uh, last year where he was going through the the NBA draft process. He worked out for a handful of uh, NBA franchises, and I think the general feedback was that he needed to do – Uh, a little bit of everything better Uh, he was good at a lot of stuff he wasn't great at a lot of stuff he wasn't obviously elite uh, at a lot of stuff and he he's kind of a tweener like Grant Williams is in size Uh, you talked about that he's not the biggest guy in the world but he's going to have to find ways to to be a contributor in the NBA and and I think he will be a bench guy that can give you good minutes and obviously he's a guy that uh, works his butt off and has since he got to Tennessee Uh, And I think it's funny that Jordan McRae was tweeting uh, yesterday afternoon that he couldn't wait to see where his Tennessee guys landed. Uh, And lo and behold, Admiral Schofield, number 42 to the Wizards. To the Wizards and McRae tweeted after that, uh, congrats, Admiral, see you tomorrow. I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, It's pretty cool that Admiral's landing spot just happens to come with a former Tennessee player, which you would assume – uh, would help his his development, but obviously uh, he didn't go viral quite like uh, Jordan Bone did.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm looking at, at some of the guys there that that he's going to have to contend with. Um, you know, if he for minutes and stuff like that. I mean, Jeff Green's on that roster for for the Wizards. Uh, Sam Decker is on that roster for the Wizards. Uh, you know, another guy they drafted who's kind of in not exactly, but sort of similar to Schofield is um, you know Rui Hachimura. You know they. Interestingly enough, they took him at number nine overall, the Gonzaga guy. Uh, Even though they didn't work him out, they never talked to him. They just took him, (laughs) and he was—I'm surprised as anybody. Uh, So he's on that roster. Um, You know, you've got some guys there that you are gonna have to contend with. I know Otto Otto Porter got traded, Um, but you you look around. Ariza's still there, I I think. So there's guys that if he wants to play, he's gonna have to to work and he might be a guy who goes to the g league first I, I don't i don't really know um we'll see he doesn't get anything guaranteed uh you don't really want to waste a 42 overall overall draft pick though i mean if you're like in the late 50s and you waste a draft pick man eh, i mean that sucks but it happens you really don't want to waste an early second round pick right. and and the wizards you know traded for this pick they wanted this guy and so i think they have designs on playing him somewhere uh, and, and i think this helps Schofield too in a draft where there were not a lot of great shooters you know that draft had a lot of that had that draft had athletes coming out of its ears. It had great size uh, across the board. It had a lot of stuff, but it did not have a lot of really great shooters. I think that helped Tyler Hero get drafted maybe earlier than he would have been in some other years, and I think that helped Admiral Schofield too because he has worked himself into being a forty percent three point shooter, and we've seen he has NBA range, especially when he's feeling it. So uh, in that game, those quick shot clocks, you know, you gotta you gotta. Isolate and create some buckets and stuff. You know, come off a come off a screen and catch and shoot. He he's a guy who, you know, especially with a guy like John Wall there pulling the strings and a guy like Beal taking the attention away from him, he he could become a three and D type. He could. Yeah, I think he was
1: closer to forty two percent his senior year, like 41.8 yeah. or something, which is uh, it's crazy when you think about where he came from as a shooter to how comfortable he got on the wing, and uh, it's easy to see why because he worked such. Uh, Crazy amount on that three-point shot and the catch and, sh- catch and release and stuff. And he's not gonna, he's probably not gonna create his own shot and and, and do a ton with the ball in his hands. But yeah, if, if he can become a three-and-D guy, uh, he'll he'll have a he'll have a life, uh, shelf life in the NBA.
0: Yeah, he added a little bit more. I don't know if you call this creation or not, but he added more of that 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 back to the basket kind of game yep. stuff from his time time playing the power forward. He's a guy who has showed he has an ability to to score in one-on-one situations, you know, uh, and he'll jump over you, through you if he needs to. Because physically, uh, he's ready to play in the NBA right now, and he has been for two years. I mean, physically, this guy is a Spartan warrior. I mean, he's – when you talk about just pure force, uh, he's not going to be outclassed in that league. He might have some guys longer than him. He might have some guys who can jump a little bit higher. But from a pure physical strength standpoint, same with Grant Williams. Those guys are not going to get pushed around like that.
1: No, they're not, and and for a while uh, I thought uh, the gamble obviously paid off for Grant Williams. Uh, the you know it wasn't a gamble for Avon Schofield. He was a senior. He, he found his landing spot, uh, and I was wondering if if Bone was going to be there. Uh, as the later that draft went on, what was it, fifty-seven? He was picked. Uh, I think you and he was right there uh, in those uh, in those. Mock drafts is like the last five picks, but you mentioned people getting pushed around. I, I thought he was going to get pushed out of the draft. Uh, there was a Hofstra point guard that got picked at 55. There's a UCLA point guard that got picked at 56, and I thought when that happened, it was going to be really bad news uh, for Jordan Bone.
0: And it looked like that way, too, because uh, according to one of the best videos you'll see all uh, from the entire draft was the moment that Bone The got, viral video, basically, of the draft. Yeah, when Bone got drafted and basically got tackled by his uh, family and friends and loved ones. <laughs> but... And you saw his brother, former Tennessee guard uh, Josh Bone, was saying, like, speaking from his heart, like, I think he was starting his best man speech of, "Hey, it's going to get better. You know, you're still, you're not done." It was yet, like
1: kid. a, it was like a political rally when you give the yes. uh, the, the yes. uh, what's the term I'm looking for when you concession speech concession speech when you're like, yeah. you know, everybody tried really hard. It was appreciate everybody's efforts. Thanks for being here. Uh, and Jordan Bone's just sitting there on a chair on a stage by himself. Fiddling with his phone. Right, his brother's got the microphone in his hand sitting on the front of the stage. Uh, Looking at the ground. (laughs) Right, and somebody yells out a curse word as soon as they, I guess, hear his name or or see it on the the screen or whatever. And I was kind of concerned for Jordan's safety because uh, that was one of the more intense dog piles uh, I've ever seen. Obviously, Jordan Bone was not expecting it.
0: Uh, that was that was incredible and then you had to figure out who exactly was taking him because the pelicans had the pick and that was a struggle and they here's what happened within the space of just a few minutes the pelicans had that pick traded it uh to the hawks that that was known going into like the when the draft started the hawks traded that draft pick i think to the sixers who then traded that pick to the pistons and he ended up Getting the right now, as of we're recording this. God knows what's going to be like when this drops a little bit later. But when we recorded this, he his rights were owned by the Detroit Pistons, and and so he is going to Motor City. Uh, and, and I think of all those guys from Tennessee in that draft class, I don't think anyone necessarily has the upside that Jordan Bone does. Now he's also the riskiest in terms of getting it out of him because a lot of times that those two things go together, right? If you have a guy who has just so much potential and he's just starting to scratch it, there's always that risk of will he put it together. But if this kid does, uh, there are some people who said this was the best athlete in this draft, and guys like Zion Williamson were in this draft. So and guys the like Freak uh, of All Freaks, and, and and then the freak, the unicorn from Texas, uh, you know Jackson, who, yeah, just unbelievable athlete. They said Jordan Bone might be the best athlete in this class. You talk about his, his foot speed, you talk about his quickness with the ball in his hand, uh, his his explosive leaping ability, uh, his shuttle times, his, his his change of direction, his burst—just uh, unbelievable athletically. And this is a guy who I I'm, I don't know that he'll have to go to the G League, um, but I think of everybody who got drafted by from from Tennessee, I think he's the guy who might benefit the most. From the G League route early in his career, because he'll get to play more basketball, which I think he needs to do, um, because he's just now starting to become the kind of player he could be. And I think rather than sitting on a, the end of a bench and playing a couple minutes, you know, a week, I think this is a guy who would maybe benefit from from playing forty minutes a game or thirty five minutes a game, um, you know, in in the G League or something like that. He did
1: he did sign a two way contract, uh, according to. I can't remember who reported it on Twitter, uh, Friday morning. So, I mean, that makes sense. I think that's what people generally expect when you take a player at 57. Uh, and if he does go to the G League, that's that's far from the end of the world. I, I think you look at this as he made the right decision. I think the gamble paid off. Uh, I don't know what his stock would look like a year from now, uh, but the fact that he turned himself into an NBA draft pick when really people thought he wasn't. Uh, kind of seemed like the majority opinion that thought he wasn't going to be an NBA draft pick. Uh, I think he made the right decision, and, and if he does go to the G League, that's fine. Uh, Jordan McRae went to the G League. He spent a ton of time there. Uh, he's a guy that's been on NBA rosters because of that. So uh, he's going to get his shot. That's the most important thing. It was a, it was a concession speech. Uh, basically, it was kind of same one that, that Fred Van, uh, Van Vliet gave uh, a couple years ago when he had a draft party and, and he went undrafted. So uh, obviously what he did with the Raptors and, and winning a ring uh, and the role he played uh, just because you're a low pick or just because you got a two-way contract or just because you got drafted or not got drafted, uh, you, you can still do a ton in this league. And I think that's a guy that that, that has a, lot, a long shelf life based on uh, all the numbers that he's put up.
0: And, again, free agency hasn't played out yet, but you're just scanning the Pistons roster. And you know more about the NBA than I do, I'll be honest with you. Um, and I don't – especially the Eastern Conference, there are some teams I watch, but there's not – You know, given the choice of an Eastern Conference game and Western Conference game, a lot of times I'm watching the Western Conference game because, well, I mean, that's usually just better teams. Um, But I know you're a Bulls guy, and and I know that, um, you know, you see, um, you know, the Hawks, some other teams close here are are Eastern Conference teams, obviously. We're in the East region, uh, even though Memphis is the West. But you, you look at just that roster, and I don't know a ton about it, but I remember some of these guys from college, you know, I, I guess Reggie Jackson is the assist leader there for the Pistons. He's a good player. Uh, Ish Smith is a guy who gets drops you a few dimes here and there. Um, you know, Wayne Ellington's a guy who can give you some assists here and there. Um, you know, you've got you know Blake Griffin as a you know point forward type who who's actually near the the top of the the team in assists per game. Uh, so we'll see what happens in free agency. But that's a roster that I I don't know that Bone can't make. But right. But is that the best thing for him to be a second or third point guard early in his career, or is it better to to go somewhere and play?
1: Yeah, I I tend to agree that the the G League and and letting him hone his craft a little bit more and kind of playing, you know, it's not the next level in terms of going from college to the NBA, but it's a different level uh, than the college game. He'll get more of an NBA feel. Uh, in the G League, it's a, it's a tough level because it's guys competing for their livelihood. Yep. Um, it's guys that aren't making a ton of money, that aren't living the g- glamorous NBA life. One guy who did it for like a decade. Right, people that, that have families and are trying to support their family, and, and that's the way they do it. So, that, I mean, that would be a, a huge learning experience for him. I don't know kind of where he falls you know, on that Pistons roster, but Detroit traded to get him. Uh, they traded for those draft rights, you would think, for a reason. It's much easier... Uh, to do what the Bulls have done so many times over the years and get rid of that second-round pick and just take some cash considerations or whatever. Uh, They traded for that pick, so you would assume that's a guy that they have plans with, and if that's a two-way contract that starts in the G League, uh, so be it. This kid's going to get his shot and and good for him.
0: And then you see the other way of doing it, you know, basically like the Warriors and and now the Lakers are trying to do because they – have so many max contract guys, they have to they try to stockpile second round picks because that's a way for them to de, you know develop a bench basically. You know, it's kind of like those MLB teams that that draft bats or or the, that that sort of you know draft bats and trade for arms. I mean, you just you have a way of doing business. And I look at that and, and man, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's I think that'd be a better situation for him. And I, and I do know this uh, of the NBA guys that I talked to um, about Tennessee guys going into the draft. You know, I would try to get information from them. They would then ask me questions and stuff like that. And and the ones who asked, every single one that asked about Jordan Bone said, you, you know his personality a little bit maybe. How how do you think he would react to playing in the G League? Uh, and, and I think that I didn't get that question about Grant Williams. I only got that question a couple times about Admiral Schofield. But every time I talked to somebody about Bone, that's what I heard. Every time was, hey, just in case, if, if he's if he goes to the G League, how would he handle that? And I said, I don't know, but I think he'd probably be okay with it because he's a guy who, even though he did start from day one at Tennessee, he's a guy who dreams of playing in the NBA. He wants to play in the NBA, and if that's going to help him do that, I think he'll, I mean he'll do it
1: as soon as as soon as he announced way back in early April that that he was for or that he was entering his name uh, in the NBA draft. There was talks right from the jump that he wanted to keep his name in the draft and he wanted to turn yeah. pro. This was not some kind of uh, waiting on a decision from him, even though he didn't formally announce it until later in May, uh, late May. Uh, Tennessee never heard from him in terms of maybe wanting to come back. He was he was pretty dead set on turning pro. I think when you have that in your mind, uh, you have to be ready for whatever, which would mean the G League, which would mean going overseas if you had to, if you don't get drafted, and, and nothing uh, pops up. So I, I think he's got to be open to everything and willing to do whatever, uh, because he's been so set from the start that he wanted to turn pro and, and kind of start the new chapter in his career.
0: Yeah. It's like if you're a kid and you say, I want to be an astronaut, that's great, but there's a whole hell of a lot you got to do to do that. Or right. even if you're just getting out of college and you say, you know what? I want to be a millionaire. i want to go out there and I want to be a millionaire. Well, that's, that sounds great kid. Good luck, but you're going to have to work for that and you're going to have to be smart and you're going to have to sacrifice and you know, you're going to have to get some luck along the way. And, and that's, but that's what he wanted to do. And I've said this about Bone. I don't know that we'll ever know exactly whether this was the right decision. We don't know. Well, what we don't know is would he have helped his situation coming back for a senior season because he could have helped it. He could have hurt it. We, we don't, we'll never know. But this is what I have a lot of respect for Jordan Bone. This is why I have a lot of respect for him. This was the decision he wanted. He stuck to it. Even when people said maybe he shouldn't, he stuck to it. He said he believed in himself. He took a bet on himself, and uh, and look, look where he is now. I mean, he 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 got drafted, and and he's on his way to to proving that hey, maybe he is an NBA player. You know, I mean, he looked like one last year to me. When you watch when you watch college basketball games last year, and we watched a lot of them, and we saw a team that was ranked number one in the country. and We saw him a lot, and we saw that team play a lot of other really good teams. We saw you know Carson Edwards, um, you know we 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 saw some players we saw Kentucky's guys you know we, we we saw Gonzaga's guys we saw a lot of guys and um I, Bone to me when he was on his game was as good as NBA, any any Port Garden College basketball not named John ja Morant I think when he was on his game
1: yeah I mean Jay Billis said back in March when you know I think it was during the SEC tournament that that he had the best NBA upside of anybody on Tennessee's roster mm-hmm. uh, and Jay Billis is a guy that watches a, a ton of college hoops and uh, it's just a it's a it's another really pretty incredible story to go from the kid he was after that Loyola game and just devastated and head buried in a towel and sobbing and and trying to kind of talk his way through it. Uh, I mean he, he had to be scraped up off the floor in that locker room to completely with over, with, with like a with like a caterpillar bulldozer right, you over, need to go pick him up over overhauling his game starting you know at five a.m. as soon as he could get back in the gym uh, to becoming. Not only a, a draft pick, but the third Tennessee player in that draft and putting them in the conversation uh, with Duke, Kentucky, Carolina, Virginia, as the teams with the most players drafted, uh, it's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's that's a good story. And it was a good, 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 good performance. Last thing, Grant, before we get out of here, um, we'll be quick on this. Is there, when you look at future NBA drafts and you look at this Tennessee roster right now, uh, who are a couple guys – and obviously, everyone's going to say Josiah Jordan-James, and there's a reason for that. Beyond that, uh, any when you look at this roster, you know, even if you have to project a couple years down the road, how many potential NBA guys do you see in this group? In this Josiah,
1: uh, Corey Walker, assuming everything's fine. He goes to Tennessee and yeah. he does his time there. The way his game is growing and the way it just kind of feels like he's just scratched kind of the surface of what he can do and the way his body keeps developing, I think he's going to be somebody that – uh, that does a ton. I mean, does, if does Kerry Black sure go to Tennessee, and if so, does he become a late first round pick or a second round pick? Uh, that that that's the thing. They had they had three draft picks Thursday night, and after having only ten since 1989, uh, and it's it's not going to slow down anytime soon because when you're a six six point guard that can play on the ball, off the ball, left-handed, uh, that can play on both ends like Josiah can. Built gonna, for a positionless NBA. Gonna, the, the question with him is, is he one and done, or is he a couple-year, three-year player and then a draft pick? Regardless, his future's in the NBA. so It's it's not going to slow down. They're, they're going to keep getting kids drafted because they're going to keep developing and recruiting at a high level.
0: I'll say two things, too, uh, on top of that, the guys that you mentioned. You know how people talk about Jordan Bone athletically right now and how he was one of the best athletes in the Combine? If Jordan Bowden can get himself to the Combine next season, he will be one of the better athletes there because his foot speed uh, is really, really impressive and his vertical leap is staggering. He is a guy who uh, – people, people talk about Eve Ponds as a workout warrior, which he is, uh, but Jordan Bowden is one of the sneaky, great athletes in college basketball. He's one. And, and then uh, here's, here's my uh, pie in the sky, my pie in the sky pick. I'm not saying it's going to happen um, because guys like this are rare. But when I watch Fred Van Vliet do what he does for the world champion Toronto Raptors, I think, you know what? Would anyone bet a mortgage payment on the fact that Lamonte Turner wouldn't have a chance to do that? When I look at Fred Van Vliet, because again, a lot of the questions that everybody has about Lamonte Turner are the same exact questions people had about Fred Van Vliet. And Fred Van Vliet didn't get drafted. And I don't think Lamonte Turner would get drafted but a guy who could just hard scrabble, make his way up through the ranks and could earn himself a spot somewhere because he just will not quit working and he will pass the ball and he will hit shots from the parking lot and that that's my pie in the sky pick yeah. because I've always been I've always been more bullish on Lamonte than most are. I get it, you know, that it's just I just man, I love the kid as a player. I just do and I think you know, I think Bowden and and Turner should not be dismissed no. as potential prospects.
1: No, and I, I think Kim English, Tennessee's new assistant coach, tweeted pictures of, of Van Vliet and Lamonte a couple weeks oh, did ago. Kind of like saying this is kind of what reminds him of of uh There you go. I of, didn't know that. Of Van and 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 since then, Lamonte's had some social media posts about Van Vliet. Kinda, it's almost in his head, too, that, that, that this could be your future. I legitimately did not know if any of that. If you want to be that guy. So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a cool Something to watch. And yeah, they're going to keep uh, kind of being relevant, I guess, in this NBA draft conversation.
0: That's a good point. I think it's a good place to leave it. Guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, uh, you know, you can go to get this kind of conversation in written form all day, every day. The reason why we call ourselves 24-7 sports, you can get all that on goballs247.com. Uh, but you can also follow all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey, G-R-A-N-T. R A M E Y on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P Brown 24 7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24 7 on Twitter. And you can go to our uh, team, our site, Twitter site, our website's Twitter site at twitter.com slash twenty 247 That's just all Tennessee news all the time. Uh, not my personal things or Ramey's. The three personal things he'll ever mention, or Pat's one personal thing he'll ever mention, or Ryan's personal life. That's just all Tennessee news all the time. That's the the FBI version, you know, just the facts. That is on govols 247s Twitter account. We also have a really good uh, Facebook page, thanks largely to guys like uh, Grant Ramey and Patrick Brown, doing a great job on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash uh, 247 I don't think, I think we have an Instagram account, but we never post from it, so we'll not mention that. Uh, we'll, we'll, work on that maybe later, but we do have that account, but don't go there. Cause I, it, it's not very good. Uh, we've also got, uh, straight from the source, straight from the hose, govoss247.com. We got 30% off annual subscriptions right now. If you go to go, govoss247.com, you can try it out, give it a look. And, uh, most people who try it stay. I think there's a reason for that. Uh, I think there's a reason for that. And that's that we make a pretty good product and we're proud of it. We have a huge network. Uh, you mentioned Evan Daniels earlier. Uh, A guy who uh, was the first guy to report anywhere that Rick Barnes and UCLA was a serious thing that could happen. So uh, when he says something like, watch out for Tennessee and Blackshear, there's something to that. Uh, All those guys, though, we had just a Tennessee takeover day last week on the site where we had everyone throughout the network come out there uh, and say things about Tennessee football prospects and recruiting and people from across the country. Uh, experts, So got a ton of stuff there, too. Uh, you can go get all of it at GoVoss247.com. And if you don't get it, well, you know what? That says more about you than us. I'm just going to go out and say it. Grant, you got any final thoughts?
1: Judge away. I got nothing.